This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to That's So Fringy podcast. I'm here with my new friend, Karen Wilkinson. And man, we are so excited. Unfortunately, it's just me tonight. Kristen has other obligations she's doing with her sister and uh, everything's fine. It's just appointments that they have to take care of. So that's what they're doing. But I want to introduce you guys tonight to a woman that I've come into contact with. She reached out to us and we have been chomping at the bit to get her on here with us because her message is so important, I believe, in this time that we're living in. Uh, her name is Karen Wilkinson. Karen, welcome to the Fringy Universe. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you, Rick. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I did reach out to you guys because I love your podcast. I love your message. And it felt like it would be a really, it's it it's a place where I wanted to be. You're someone I wanted to share this with because I love everything you guys are doing. And I miss Kristen tonight, but I'm sure I'll get to see her again sometime. And I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah, she's missing you as well. We've been, uh, you know, we haven't been able to get a hold of your book yet, but we, I've been listening to almost every podcast that I've been able to find you on just because I'm fascinated by this story that you're telling. And so what I wanted to do is bring you in and have you just tell a little bit of your story um, to, to our audience. And then I think we'll be able to unpack a lot of this stuff a little bit later and, and uh, have some fun and just let the Holy Spirit do his thing. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about just who you are, kind of, kind of your childhood, where where you kind of grew up, all those things. But uh, most importantly, when was the first time that you encountered um, these these aliens and and this abduction type thing? Yeah, that's a good place to start. I think was it would be with the first time. Um, you know, for me and for abductees who I've spoken to, and I've spoken to so many so many since we started this mm -hmm. we just appear as normal everyday people because it's not it's not a badge you wear on a chest it's not something you talk about it's not something you put out there because it's not widely accepted although mm -hmm. the ufo uap phenomenon is becoming more widely accepted as our government is 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 finally saying yes, yes. these things exist yes we have the craft yes we have the bodies the biologics so, um, yeah, but, um, as early as I can remember, I was mm. being taken by these beings. Um, I mean, my earliest memories, I couldn't say how young, because I don't remember a time when they weren't coming for me mm. when they weren't there. Um, 
you know, as a little kid, I was afraid of people in my family who looked similar to these beings I had encountered that some people refer to as the Nordic alien mm. type beings. Mm -hmm. And there was a side of my family who had similar features to that very tall, very thin, very blonde, very fair. And as a little, little child, I just remember being terrified of that side of my family and screaming and crying every time, you know, they'd be around me. I, sure. I didn't want anything to do with them and no one could understand why. And I couldn't vocalize that because I didn't have mm. the vocabulary for what was happening to me. And that's the hardest part of going through this as a young child back in the 60s and 70s is that mm -hmm. there weren't, there wasn't anything for me to relate this to. Um, so, yeah, from as young as I can remember, um, just a little kid being scared at night, every night, all of my life until probably recently, honestly. That's um, wild. And I hate to make you uh, paint too much of a picture and I, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I get to this place where, uh, you know, it's like, what is an alien abduction even look like? You know, sure. and I think, I think Hollywood's done a really good job of making it seem all fanciful and wild and you've got all this different stuff and mm -hmm. come to find out there is a lot of this stuff actually going on and we need to piece apart for me, I like to break everything down into smaller uh, chewable bites, you know, because if you just say broad stroke, this is a woman on the podcast that has been abducted by aliens. All of a sudden you get all these people that are running and they're just like, oh, she's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. But here's my thing, everybody. And, and as you guys know from this podcast, we ask people to open their minds and think for themselves and use uh, their own discernment. But but th that doesn't mean run away from people. And so as as Karen starts to talk about this, I, I would like for you, if you don't mind, Karen, to just paint us a picture of kind of and unless unless this is going to take you back to a, a place that you don't want to go. But I have heard you say that go, writing this book has been very therapeutic for you. Yes, it was. It was very cathartic and very therapeutic and, and very Holy Spirit led as well, because, you know, as a Christian, I that is how I was freed from this. That's how I was released from this. That's how I was mm -hmm. set free. And that's why it's not happening to me anymore. Sure. And that's the message that I want to share above all and more than anything else. I mean, everyone is very curious about who these entities are and what they're doing and why they're here. And those are all important things to know. But the most important thing to know is that Jesus is the highest authority and mm. when you call on him they have to leave you alone they yes. don't have authority over over our lord and savior so when you commit your life and dedicate your life to god and to jesus then he will be there for you when you call mm. on him and that's what he's done for me um and that is really the most important message in the book yes. but to break down the the typical scenario when I was very young, um, I would go to bed and, you know, half the time try to figure out if there's a place I could hide, hmm. you know, close all the curtains, close blinds, c covers over my head, you know, a light on somewhere, anything I could do that I thought could maybe stop it or I wouldn't have to see them or wouldn't have to interact with them because I was just sure. so scared. Um but um, they would show up. I would just feel a change in the room. It just, it's a feeling that's so hard to describe. It's like 
it's like falling from a great height or staring into the eyes of a rattlesnake or knowing that you're in danger. This just mm. crazy feeling and it's palpable. And it's, it's almost time. like your fight or flight kicks in and you don't even know why there's something like palpable in the air that your that your consciousness is aware of, but you're kind of right. like, I don't know what's going on here. That's right. an interesting thing. And it's thing. not even to fight or to flee because you just feel it and it's overwhelming. Mm. And there isn't even an opportunity to think that clearly because before sure. you know it, there's this, but L.A. Marzulli likes to call UFO brain fog that just kind of comes over you and you don't, then I couldn't think logically, you know, mm. it, the logical thoughts and things that should be coming don't. And there's just fear or, you know, as a little kid wetting the bed or, you know, thinking I could just stay under the covers and they go away. And, you know, none of those things ever worked. Um, mm. But generally I would, there would be two or three of them, sometimes four um, or more in the room, in the corner, in the back of the room, beside the bed, just depending. Several um, at a time, huh? Like at so a they time, come in and there would be the smaller, shorter, kind of three to four foot gray entities with very large heads, very large black eyes that were just vacuous. They were like screens. They didn't move. Mm. They didn't. They were. They didn't have facial features. They were expressionless. They were hairless. They were. Mm just they were very thin very wispy very long arms long legs thin small bodies mm. you know it they look like something you could take on in a fight and win even as a small <laughs> sure. <child>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and i think that's where the kind of brain fog comes in to their advantage or why there would be more than one of them but they had very much certain advantages over me where they could immobilize me and just in an instant and mm. Similar to, sometimes it would be sleep paralysis. Sometimes it would be similar to sleep paralysis, um, where you just, it would just be kind of a full, almost a vibration buzzing feeling throughout the whole body. You know? Sure. Yeah. And then um, the next thing, it, sometimes there would be a light coming in through the windows, either through, if it was on the farm, sometimes I could see lights coming all the way through the windows out in the other bedroom, which was down the hall or through the side window where they would usually take me out. Um, mm. And I would be taken, I would start to levitate and everything would just get further and further away. Um, and I would be up at the ceiling or up at the window and uh, just almost a vibration feeling where my, you just, I feel like I was almost coming into pieces, but it's so hard to describe because we don't sure. have anything like it for me to compare it to, but that's the closest sure. thing I can describe for someone. And then I would go through a closed window or through the ceiling and just be watching everything get further and further away. And at some point I would be just put into a sleep state usually mm. at that point and wake up. Um, sometimes I would wake up in a facility where I would be in an elevator at the elevator doors with these entities doors open, you go in and it just went down and down and down. Mm. And sometimes I would, and from there I would go into, I used to call them the sideways elevators because I didn't have any basis for what it was. But yeah, you're, you're a child it was probably like a high speed rail train because there were benches in these and they went side to side. And sometimes okay. they went up at an angle or down at an angle. And so they, they, 
I was freaked out by elevators for a long time because I didn't understand how elevators could go that way. You know, it just, it didn't work in my head and I couldn't, you know, for, especially for a little kid, they're just, it didn't make, there was just, it was so hard to understand and to, to, there was no way to put it into words and no way to, yeah. to really describe well, it to someone in a way they could understand. Um, my mind goes I, to like being a small child, it, w- it would be scary, but even being an adult, this would be oh. quite an experience. You know what I mean? Like right. me, me experiencing this coming out of my bed, doing all of that. It's and terrifying. it's gotta be just terrifying. It is. It's, it's terrifying. And it never stops being terrifying. There's never a mm. point where you get used to it, where I would get used to it. Excuse me. My allergies are bad. So I'm sorry if I'm nasally. No, no problem. But um, yeah, it was just terrifying. It was always terrifying. I mean, mm. as an adult in my thirties and forties, still being afraid to look out a window at night, still making sure my curtains are pulled and my blinds are drawn and, you know, waking up terrified and, you know, grabbing onto my husband because, and he doesn't mm. understand why, and I'm not going to tell him why, you know, it's just the terror is always there. And, and it's not there for me now mm-hmm. because I, I have a, I'm protected by a higher power and protected by Jesus. And I know that but I still have fear. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. It's not sure. gone, but I know that they can't get to me anymore. And I've seen it and I've experienced it where I say no, and I call on Jesus and they go. And yeah. so I know now, that, you know, I don't want to stare them down the face. I don't want to be face to face with them. I don't want to be in that position. But when I am, I know that I'm okay now. And it doesn't happen now like it did before. Yeah, so, and that's an interesting phenomenon, right? When you when you say the name of Jesus and these things flee, that's mm-hmm. a real interesting indicator for me, right? Because if I if I am going to scream something like taco bell you know they're not going to flee it has to be something that well, has power yeah <laughs> they might be worried about later on be yeah. Worried about later on. yeah yeah but yeah. the idea that they have to flee at this yeah. particular name and you you know you go to church and you hear everybody say there's there's no mm-hmm. other name but the name of jesus there's nothing higher mm-hmm. there blah 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 mm-hmm. and you hear that for so long that that the name almost becomes um so watered down yes. it's almost yeah. like you said it too much you know like mm-hmm. stop saying it all the time all you know for everything let's right. let's take it with a little more reverence you know because yeah. obviously this is a very sharp sword that we're dealing with here it is and you know the the word the name and i don't i think a lot of people get also sorry to sidetrack here but people get yeah, really fine. messed up with the with the name jesus because well, yeah, obviously the original hebrew it didn't have a j back then all of these different things right. it's it's yeshua and all these different things. i right. get what you're saying and i want to say this peaceably and lovingly stop worrying about it because i know many people like yourself that have called out the name of jesus with the j and mm-hmm. these demons have fled and so i so many people get caught up in the semantics of words and all of right. those things god doesn't speak your language no he god knows yeah. your heart right this that's exactly what i was gonna say this was coming from my heart mm. from my understanding and from how i felt you know, there are times when people will say, I called out Jesus' name, but I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in Jesus, but it worked. I'm like, well, then there must be something in your heart that actually does. And you just don't want mm-hmm. to admit that because sure. it's, it is just, 
it is a physical name for me to say that represents what I'm calling on in my spirit. My spirit is calling out because I don't have to verbally say it. Yes. It is coming in my spirit and my thoughts and I'm calling on God in that way. And it doesn't matter how it comes out, whether I'm thinking it, feeling it, shouting it at the top of my lungs, they know who I'm referring to and I know who I'm referring to and that's yes. all that matters. So there's no, no magic formula. There's no special words you have to say. Mm. It's just knowing in your heart that you're protected and loved and that this is, this is why Jesus went to Calvary for us. This is why mm -hmm. he suffered for us on every inch of his body, every bruise, every stripe, every cut, every drop of blood that he shed was so that we don't have to suffer those things. And yes, there's still suffering. And yes, we do still suffer. And we do it because we do it for the betterment of those that we know and for the church and for our communities. And that sometimes those things happen, but that's because we live in a fallen world, not because mm -hmm. God wants us to suffer. You know, this that yes. price was paid, but we do still live in a fallen world. And, and that brings us back to, to your and book. So, yeah. And the and the and the fallen world and where we've come with all of this and and how these uh, entities have now taken over and they're taking people from their own bedrooms. Yes. You know this depravity is it's out of control. And so if if you don't mind, do you do you have very vivid memories of the the way that they looked, the way that they interacted with you? Did you hear them? Did you feel their vibration? How does that all work? Mm -hmm. Or how, as you understand it? Yeah, as far as communicating, it wasn't with words the way we communicate. It was mm. thoughts. It's the way we think it was mind speak is, the, you know, I don't like to call it ESP or telepathy. That doesn't really make sense. We don't really know what that is. That's just mm. a word somebody made up. But to describe, you know, reading someone's mind, mm -hmm. but that's not what is going on. It's, it's actually thinking what you're saying to them and hearing them in your mind. It's as mm -hmm. clear and audible in your mind as it is when we're speaking here. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that was the communication. It was always and that does way. Does it sound was, like you or does it sound uh, like them? Yeah, it, it would have thought. to sound like you, right? It, it does, would have it to does. be a thought just, of your own. Yeah, it's like a monotone voice. It does, mm. you know, some of them have inflections. Some of them came with, you know, higher or lower. But mostly it was just very monotone, mm. especially with the grays, the shorter grays. There was no tone of emotion, of caring, of anything. It was very flat very monotone it was an excellent question because i i have no one's asked me that yet and then for the uh, reptilian entity who i called my handler who was with me he had a very kind of booming just he heavy voice it's the only yeah. way i can describe it as heavy Big because, presence but yeah it just so just in the same way that we feel um cold or hot or that we see colors it's that same kind of thing but it's in your head so i can't mm -hmm. it's hard to describe to you but they are all different yes. they sound different in your head the same way every color looks different to our eyes 
mm-hmm. is the only way I can describe it. It's same no, I really way appreciate that- you explaining it because for, for me, I get a lot of people that ask me, how do you hear God? You know, you say, God told you to start this podcast. What did mm-hmm. that sound like? How did he, did he talk to you audibly? I said, no, he sounds like me. He mm-hmm. sounds exactly like me, but I know that it's not me. Yeah, like that's the exactly. only way that I can explain it. There is a, there is an understanding that that whatever just mm-hmm. came into my head was not for me. Did not originate from me. Exactly. It's the same way you know what how the difference between colors and sounds and feelings and stuff like that mm-hmm. is just not something that we have a lot of vocabulary to describe. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to describe to others, but it's exactly that. The one time that I had a very different audible voice was when I had my near death experience. Mm. And I, it was unlike any other voice I'd ever heard when I was around these entities, this voice had a gentleness and a softness and a commandingness. And instantly I knew it was, and it didn't sound like my voice. It didn't, Mm. but I knew it was my Lord. I knew it was my savior. I knew it was his voice. Having never heard it. I can't explain to you how I knew it, but instantly when he told me it was okay, he was with me and he, I could let go. I Mm. was out of my body and I was with him. Mm. And, you know, there's just isn't a way to describe it except that it was the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. Yeah. You know, it's like listening to your baby cry for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just, you can't believe you get to hear that. Sorry. See, that's making me cry. That's making no, me. No, you're up. good. It over. It that should. experience was so emotional for me and, um, it should be. And so amazing. So, mm. you know, someday we'll all get to hear that voice and I can't wait to hear it again. I cannot yeah. wait to hear it again. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just amazing and, and so different, so different to the other voices that I heard yeah. when I was with the, with the uh, fallen, the entities that, sure. that were taking me. I do believe that, that these entities are fallen. They're fallen angelic beings. That's a hundred percent what I believe, except for the smaller grays. Yeah. But yeah, so, so that's, that's how they And that's speak. fascinating to me because see, when I make my connections, uh, to God, I get, I get really excited when I hear stories like you're talking about, because I know that we're talking about spiritual entities. And the reason I get excited is not because I'm excited about the, the, the torture and things that you've been through, but I'm excited to hear how the spiritual realm works, if that makes sense. Because oh, you yeah. get so little in these ancient texts and you, yeah. and how do you believe, you know, and where do you, but when you, when I can look in a person's eye as I'm doing with you now, and I can, and I can connect with a person in spirit, I know when a person's telling me the truth and when a person's lying to me, I've been trained to do that. I've done it for a very long time. And I know when a person's talking to me and telling me the truth. And that for me is so much more impactful because it tells me that your experience was so real to you that, that you have to tell somebody it's, it's, it's holding you back in your life because you, and then as soon as you release it, it becomes public and it's this scary thing. And oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden it's changing people's lives. It is. And, and that's the part that I like to talk about. You know, I do like to get into this stuff and we will go back and get into more of the audience. It's like, where I want to talk about I'm the aliens. About that, yeah. <laughs> we will, we will. But in my opinion, 
you know, talking about the restoration and the freedom and all of those things that you experience after this is so important to highlight, but also the curiosity that we have with these entities can sometimes be a little bit construed where we we're so hungry for the information that we fall down these rabbit holes that we probably don't have any business going down and they can lead you to places like I've heard you say, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, like going down these new age paths and, and starting to talk about these um, alien cultures coming in and seeding and all of these things that are very distracting if you ask me and 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 so when we go into these i think we have to go into it from a very biblical standpoint and be able Mm -hmm. to say okay how does this fit with my biblical worldview because most christians don't want to talk about aliens because it's like too far outside of their christian worldview and there aren't any aliens in the bible and for me i'm like aliens in the bible they're everywhere they are all (laughs) through the bible and my book is chock full of scripture and I'm not hitting people over the head with the Bible. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But what I do in the book is I relate everything back to the biblical narrative and where you yes. can find the proof in the Bible that talks exactly about the things that have happened to me and to others. And, and that shows where they come from and who they are, why mm-hmm. they're here and what they're doing. Because if, if you miss that, then you're so, so vulnerable to being deceived. And, and the word says that he would, you know, that God would send a great delusion, a strong delusion. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, even the most elect could be deceived. This is in Matthew 24. And that this is something that fits into that so well, because Mm -hmm. there are people, everyone wants to believe in this wonderful fairy tale that these are, they're coming to save us and to fix our planet and to, fix our people and to bring enlightenment and, you know, sure. But, you know, everyone's creating these, these false narratives about what they are because it's a feel good and everyone wants a feel good story. Well, I'm sorry. That's not what this is about. You know, these are not feel good entities. Benevolent space beings don't kidnap little children and rape women and steal babies. I mean, the stuff that's going on is crazy and it's evil and, I really just, I want to make sure people aren't deceived and that, that they're saved from this because it's mm-hmm. rampant. It's everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So when you were taken down in these underground uh, military bases and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, you're obviously a child, but what kind of things were you picking up along the way? What are the, like, what are the rooms like, Uh, you know, are we just talking like white walls or, or were they really kid friendly? Was there (laughs) toys? Because I think, you know, I instantly go in my mind because I haven't been there, but I go to like 11 playing in, in, uh, what's that? Stranger Things on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not watched it. No, you know, I've never been able to watch any of those shows, any of the Mm -hmm. Betty Barney Hill stuff or anything like that. It was just always way too triggering. I think now I'm at a place where I might be able to, but I don't have time. Sure. (laughs) Stranger Things is on my list because everyone keeps bringing it up. So I think I might Mm -hmm. need to watch that and just see if, 
because they do a lot of predictive programming. So I want to see if mm-hmm. there's some accuracy to any of it. Yeah, they basically have her in this room with like rainbow walls and toys and different things. And they're like testing them and trying to see kind of how they're going. And I'm just curious what your experience was. The room when we were little that I would sometimes be in, um, there was a room that had big round tables, like um, short tables for little kids with little chairs, Um, not desks like in school. So it wasn't like what we had at school but it was just big tables and they were round and there'd be toys on them. And some of them were like, excuse me for my voice. Some of them were just like coloring books and crayons. And some of them were blocks of really strange geometric shapes. Um, Not the kind of things that we had, you know, things that Mm -hmm. fit together strange or little weird puzzles and things like that. So, um, and there would be other children there. Some of them looked normal. Some did not look normal. Um, As a little kid, I really couldn't focus on those other kids. It was really hard. You know, right. it was um, very stressful. And sure. I think most of the kids in there were just so stressed out that I don't know what they expected of us, but no one was going to sit there and happily play with the toys when we're <laughs> so, you know, freaking out and stressed out because of what's happening to us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's the, you know, in that room, was uh, like an oblong rectangular room and it had a really big window on one wall where I couldn't see out the window. But, you know, looking back, I'm assuming it was one of those where they could see in, but we couldn't see out kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever they was, I don't know who was watching because I couldn't see through it. Sure. Um, and then there were parts of it just were like, I describe as just curved white walls, a lot of white, a lot of off white. Um, It's hard to tell the colors in a lot of it too, because the lighting in most areas, especially like the hallways and the in-between areas was really darkly lit, almost like a blue or a red light, depending on where I was. So it was super darkly lit and super hard to see. Um, And that's why I think I was having my hands on the walls, honestly, um, because it made me feel stable sure um there were big big rooms that were lit very had some bright lights i couldn't tell where lights were coming from because they weren't like like fixtures hanging or like Mm. fixtures on the wall but there was light lit um still kind of a bluish light but it was brighter Mm. and then there were lights like that were over the examining tables like i'd wake up on a table sometimes sometimes i would Mm. just wake up and be on just a examining table of some sort and there'd be a light above that was bright and distracting and they would just be mm-hmm. doing things with instruments I didn't recognize and tools and things that weren't familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when you, I would wake up on a table or something like that, they would do a thing where they would just come up and just like put their hand over my forehead or over my eyes and I would be back asleep. That's mm-hmm. all. Then that would be the last I would remember. And usually just from something like that, I generally wake up back in my room. Sometimes wow. my pajamas will be on inside out or on a ball on the floor or mm-hmm. down at the foot of the bed or across the room, you know, like careless. in another room or in the yeah. bathroom. And I'm like, my parents are like, you know, are you getting up and taking your pajamas off at night and leaving them in the other room? And I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't remember doing that, you know, but what, what do you say? Um, 
<clears throat> excuse me. I'm so sorry. My allergies are so bad. No, but um, so, yeah, typically there were areas underground that are very, um, that seemed much older than the other areas um, that I would go with my handler. And these areas were like stone, like seemed almost carved into rock, um, mm. like tunnels, but there were big. I mean, they weren't tiny tunnels by any means, but sure. there were le ledges into the sides of it where that were like rooms carved out. And they just seemed ancient to me. It just, yeah. you could tell it was old by the smell and by just the way it was, but it was just, there was nothing. It was just every, the floors and the ceilings, the walls it was all stone. Um, oh, and this is like 60s, 60s and 70s. So you're not talking like ancient, like we would think today, like ancient back in the 1900s. You're talking like right. ancient, ancient. Right, right. I mean, when I look back on it now, it's just like, you know, it just if you found an old cave or something, but it wasn't a cave because it was clearly formed and structured to be the way it mm. looks. It wasn't natural. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I've yes. been in caves. I don't like to be in caves, but I've done it. You know, my kids went to <laughs> caves and stuff. Sure. And yeah, it's never fun for me, but, um, usually, you know, it, it's not like that though. Um, okay. and yeah, it's, it's, there's a different feeling in those areas, but they were connected mm. somehow. And, and there were areas where it was just hallway, long hallways, and there were stairs at the ends and elevators and rooms and, you know, it's very huge and very, yeah. um, intricate there's just so much to these places and, and they're I kind do, of industrial looking like almost like, like a cross between a high school and a hospital and mm. an airport but dimly lit you know okay. and they're just because of all the hallways and that there seem to be so many hallways it's very confusing but there's an area where on well, the instances where i remember coming off of a transport type vehicle like a ship i don't have any ship memories for like the outside of a ship landing in my yard i just don't mm -hmm. remember anything like that not that they're not there i just haven't you're brought probably anything in the like fog. that forward and i haven't yeah. spent a lot of time allowing myself to remember more because what i remember is traumatic enough i think if i sat down and just relaxed into it i could probably remember a lot more but i feel at this mm -hmm. point i've remembered enough that it's sure. going to do good so i'm not pushing it but um but I remember being in them and traveling in them. And I remember getting off always at the same place with or commonly at this one place. And it is huge. It was the size bigger than an indoor football stadium, you know, like put five mm. of those together and so mm. tall. Like I couldn't tell where the ceiling was, but I knew it was enclosed, you know, mm. and everyone was just be shuffled off to where they go. And I always knew could tell where my handler was and would just go straight to him and mm. it's like i tell people he didn't have a name we had a knowing we had yeah. a, like an imprint mm. there's not even a way to describe how we always how i always knew where he was and how i could always connect to him but i know him i know yeah. him today um yeah. and so and he was always with me it was always the same one from the and time i want to clarify that when you say handler, you're talking about a, an other entity, another yes. being, or are you talking about a human handler? Okay. Um, yeah, he's, I describe him in great detail or try to in the book. Sure. Um, he appeared to me as human most of my life. 
um, as I got older and I developed a relationship with him and a very Stockholm syndrome type relationship um, where I felt a closeness and an attachment to him. I felt safe with him, mm. um, which doesn't make sense because what was happening to me wasn't good. Right. But um, he um, showed me his true form because I would see him kind of fuzz in and out sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what do you really look like? I want to see, you know, I'm okay with that. It's not going to scare me. It's fine. I've seen it all before. There already. Right. Something new. And he showed me his true form and he was a um, reptilian entity. He was Mm. huge. Um, Hulking just, but he was beautiful too. I just, like I said in the book, I describe him in more detail, but um, I found him absolutely beautiful to look at. And Mm. I know that may seem strange, but you know, Biblically, it does fit that, you know, these angelic beings, some of them were absolutely beautiful. And once they've fallen, it doesn't mean they're no longer look the way that they, that God mm-hmm. created them to look. So, right. I mean, I it can almost be categorized as a shining one. Did you, did, yes. was there any sheen coming off he of was, him? He was almost opalescent. He had mm-hmm. like these kind of scales, but I try to describe him as being almost almost um red and greens and blues it was like almost like an opal but it was just so almost like a fish you know like sometimes when you look at a fish it'll kind of glitter in the sun yeah 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 it's interesting yeah but but more beautiful they seemed clear and just we don't have it here so i don't right again it's so hard with some of these things to describe because we don't we don't have it in our physical world to compare to but it i tried very hard in the book to describe it as best I could. And he was, it was beautiful. He was beautiful. Mm. Um, and he was with you from the, the beginning. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I definitely had a Stockholm syndrome type relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And, and how was that? I'm sorry. I wanted to kind of get to the relationship of that a little bit. Was it kind of like, um, was it was it kind of like a good cop bad cop where they were all kind of mean to you and he was super nice to you or was he just kind of stoic with you but he wasn't mean to you or or was right. he mean to you at times he was stoic but at the same time always letting me know that he was going to keep me safe hmm. because he didn't want me to wander off he didn't want me to get in trouble he didn't want you know got to do what they say because you don't want to get in trouble mm. you know you've got to be good you've got, it was just years and years of conditioning of grooming mm. of teaching me how to act and how to be and prepping me for my role which further down the road will become something more of a sexual nature and be something that is very difficult to mm-hmm. talk about and think back over but something that i you know, became used to and that I became a part of and a party to, um, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. But, you know, in an abusive relationship, when the abuser will take the time to give, you know, after he beats you up, then he's going to give you a piece of jewelry or something pretty to make up for it. And, you know, it's going to be okay, but then they're still going to do these bad Mm -hmm. behaviors. Yeah. And, People stay in abusive relationships for a long time because it's what they know. And this is what I knew. And I didn't know any different and I didn't know any better. And there wasn't any guidebook for me. I didn't know enough about the Bible to realize that that was my guidebook. Sure. So there wasn't any guide for me of how to handle this, what to do. 
and I became accustomed to it and became just a participant. I'm not going to say a willing participant, but I definitely became a participant. And they have ways of making things um, comfortable mm-hmm. and um, more doable yeah. uh, for without getting too graphic. I used um, to say can, something can, can, a long time. T- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say, I used to say it's a long time ago when you, when you, if you had, if you grew up on a desert Island and you had a, a, a one other or two other people with you and they raped you every day for your whole life. And then you got rescued. What, what would you know any different? If that's where, if that's all you knew for your whole life and then you were rescued and you got taken out and people were like, Hey, this isn't normal. Exactly. You would have no idea what was normal and what wasn't normal. And And so it's, it's, you know, and some people think like, how could you do that? How could you put up with that? It's like, no, you don't know any different. I believe that's why they grab the children so young. Right. I write about that too. I believe it's grooming and it's not just me. I've talked to so many women who were in the exact same position as I was Mm. and you, they make it enjoyable for you to the best of their ability. You know what I mean? They have this way of controlling how you feel. Mm. Uh, You can feel hot or you can feel cold or you can feel pain or you can feel no pain. They Mm. can affect the feelings that your body has. And they utilize that so that it tricks you into thinking that you're enjoying this when in reality you're not. And it really messed me up. And a lot of other women that I've talked to as well, we've had to really redefine what love is and what being with a good Christian godly man is. And, mm-hmm. and I am so blessed that I am with a man like that who has helped me to see that it's, I'm capable of being loved by a godly man in the right yes, way. Sure. And yes, you are, and praise God for giving them to you. Yeah, because I, I didn't think that. I didn't feel that way for my whole life. You know, I mean, it, it took me a long time to find him and to even start to believe that I deserved that because I didn't feel like I deserved anything. And it's just the conditioning. And it's, like I said, sorry, this is just, mm-hmm. it's a very emotional subject for me. But it's no, not it's just me. There are so many other women. And I'm like, my goodness there's this is happening to so many people this is not an isolated incident and what i write about what happened to me is not isolated and that's another reason i think that god had me do this because it's helping other people see they're not alone i probably if at least one new person a day comes forward and wants to talk or just reach out or just share or just you know people dm me people send messages through my Facebook, Ellie Marzulli sends me people all the time that reach out to him to get in touch with me and things like that. And I'm happy to, you know, just to listen Mm. because having felt alone my whole life, now knowing that I'm not alone, it's therapeutic for me too. And it's therapeutic for them. And it's not just women, it's men too. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's a really ugly ugly situation that just doesn't have any light shined on it. There's no light shine on it. There's no attention to it. And there's nowhere for us to go. There's nothing to do. If I hadn't had the PTSD therapy that I had, I don't, I don't know that I would have, I know that God would have led me to do this one way or the other, Mm -hmm. but I thank God for that therapy because it helped me 
to be able to deal with things that were really difficult that happened and not just what the therapist was helping me with, but it helped with everything that happened before that. So that's the only way I was able to do some of this. That's powerful for you to say, because, you know, I deal with PTSD myself and, and we Mm -hmm. spoke about this offline, but, and I don't have a problem with talking to people about it now, but before, you know, you don't, you don't want to talk to anybody about it. You're so isolated. And that's one of the things that, that, uh, PTSD people do is they, they isolate, right? It's, it's part of the symptoms. And so, you know, going and, and, and hiding away from people and not wanting to tell your story, not wanting to speak about those things. That's for, I'm speaking to the audience now for all of you people out there that are having these experiences or you've had them or you're dealing with trauma in any way, you, you need to talk about it. If you don't have a person that you trust that you can talk to, please find one, find a pastor, find a friend, somebody, you have to be vulnerable with somebody uh, right. because there's people out there that believe you. Like I, I I know probably when you, when you opened up to people, your probably your first thought was nobody's going to believe this. I was absolutely terrified. The first person aside from my husband, I had tried to talk to a few people and they just kind of laughed at me or shut me down. Mm. And when I talked to my husband about it, he believed me. Mm. And I said, I felt led to talk to LA Marzuli, but I didn't know how it was going to happen. But God told me that that's what I was going to do. And it did happen. God made it happen. Um, Mm. And when I talked to LA, I I was terrified. I couldn't believe that I sat down and shared so much of my story with him. And I was terrified. I mean, I was absolutely terrified. Oh my gosh. You know, God, why I'm, people are going to hear this. Mm -hmm. They're going to know what happened to me. I felt PTSD has a way of making you feel like, you should be stronger. You should be able to handle this. You're not doing things right. You're not doing things well enough. You're not good enough. That's how I felt. Otherwise I would be able to handle things better. Mm. And the therapy really helped me realize that it, it's not my fault. You know, it's what happened and it's okay to need help dealing with it. And I really did sure. need that help. But yeah, it was terrifying. And then when the movie came out, oh God, I was so scared, but you know, then I got to talk to these other people in mm. the movie. And so this was the movie I'm referring to is the fourth movie in L.A. Marzulli's UFO disclosure series on the abduction phenomena. And I'm also in the sixth one on cattle mutilations as well. Okay. And um, <clears throat> when I got to talk to the other people, I, it was such a relief. Mm. And it was a relief for them, too. We'd never done that before. And at the end of the movie, he shows the clip of the four of us getting together for the very first time and talking. Mm. And you just. It's crazy because it's a free for all because we're all just like <laughs> so elated to just have this person, these people to have in common and share with. It was amazing sure. and, yeah. and just so therapeutic. So, but yeah, it's very scary at first, but the PTSD therapy, wow, that helped me a lot. Um, and I'm I never so thought I would write this and I never thought I would do this, but after that, and after meeting these other people, God really put it on my heart to write this down. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And um, and when God puts something on your heart and speaks to you, it's impossible not to listen. Mm-hmm. God is very loud. <laughs> yes, and I felt the same resistant. way with this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So when that is there, it was every day, every morning, every second, every minute, every afternoon, every evening, right, right, 
write. And I mm-hmm. wrote, I wrote like a crazy woman for months until I wrote it out. And it was easy to write because I wrote my truth. Um, and it was cathartic because I paired it with the parts of the Bible that explain where these things come from and what they are and who they are. So mm-hmm. it was really helpful at the same time. And I want to point out the miracle that you just said with maybe not even noticing it, but since I deal with PTSD, I know that I deal with a lot of depression, sometimes deep, deep, dark depression. And I'm sure you've dealt with that as well. So for a woman to tell me that she, she has PTSD and has deep, dark depression, which I know you do. I, I I understand it. Uh, For you to get up and start writing and thinking about these things and having the motivation just to sit in front of a computer and go, and go and go we're this is what we're talking about guys when we talk about the holy spirit coming into your life and intervening talking about Mm -hmm. god being powerful in your life you have power that you didn't think that you had you all of a sudden and it's coming out of nowhere and it's all glory to god because i could not have written one word i could not speak one word if it weren't for him Mm -hmm. and he is the reason I can't believe that I wrote this book and I didn't, God did, you know, it was God's Mm -hmm. grace that I was able to do this. I still look at it. I'm like, wow, Mm. (laughs) you know, how through to write all of that out and to get through it and do it. And God made it a healing process for me and made it a good process for me and brought amazing people into my life in the process. And I'm just Mm. forever, ever grateful for the path that God take me down. So I'll say this to anyone who's had a terrible experience, no matter what it is, God can give you beauty for ashes. Mm. He can take the evil and use it for good. And it may not seem like that is ever going to be possible. Trust me. I know, Mm. I know I have been in the darkest pits. I have been in places where I did not want to go on more times than I can count there. I couldn't even tell you how many times. And God is the only reason I'm still here today. And God has gave me beauty for ashes through that. And I don't, you know, I can't explain it except that it is a miracle. It is is. a miracle of God's love and God's grace in our lives. And, and he's there for everyone and anyone. And just, you know, I, it, I'm astounded by it, you know, because you you hear people talk nowadays about yeah. how God's not moving and not doing th- anything in the world oh. nowadays, and there's no miracles and there's no this anymore. That's just the miracles that they were doing in the Bible, and I'm just looking at people like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, it's wake up, look around. Things are happening all around us. Things are changing all around us. You know, we're, we're meeting new people every day like yourself and, and we're coming into contact and relationship and the knowledge uh, is growing and growing and growing. Yes. yes. And it talks about that in Daniel. And Daniel and there's, says, yes, seal up the words of this book until, until the time of the end when knowledge will increase and men will run to and fro across the earth. Well, what is happening? We're going mm-hmm. to and fro across the earth very easily. And knowledge is increasing like crazy. Yes. Not just technical knowledge, but our knowledge of the word, mm-hmm. our understanding of the Bible. I don't know how it is for you, Rick, but every time I open the Bible, and read something that I've read a hundred times, God will give me some amazing new insight that I've never had before. Yes, and it's incredible, it's incredible, isn't it? 
It really is. And, 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 and it's not just us, you know, people that maybe have had the Bible for a long time. There's new people picking up the Bible and are, and are excited about talking about the Rephaim, you know, and, know. Yeah. and you're like, I didn't even know you guys knew that word. Like right? everybody wants to talk about the Nephilim and the giants and all these different things. Yeah. And these are the things that I've been trying to talk to people about for a long time. Nobody right? wants to talk about it. And I'm just like, yes, everybody's talking about this, but there is a trend, you know, it's, it hasn't been that long ago that this trend started happening. I would say yeah. somewhere around, you know, maybe 2012 as yeah. a really interesting marker. And it really started slowly. And mm -hmm. it started with people kind of going down the Sethite versus the fallen angelic versus things like that. And mm -hmm. as more of those, more of that information started coming out. And just you start to see this increase in speed and volume. Yeah. And, and now I've I had a friend come up to me the other day going, you know, until you told me a year ago about the Nephilim, I'd never heard about them. And now I feel like every time I go to Bible study, we're talking about it. And I'm yeah. like, Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, they're all over TikTok, they're all over Instagram, YouTube, there's giants and Nephilim talk everywhere. People are talking about Tartaria, ancient civilizations, like everybody wants to know the truth. And why and do you think God has put that out there now too? If you think about it, the Nephilim and the giants, hmm. because what else is coming up now? What else is getting more press now? The UFO mm -hmm. phenomenon. All oh, of a yeah. sudden, God's giving this knowledge ahead of time so that his people can be prepared and not be deceived by the coming yes. great deception, as L.A. Marzulli puts it, by what's about to come. It says men will fear, will faint from fear for what is coming upon the earth. Mm -hmm. You know, and God is giving us the tools to recognize these things mm. and understand what they are and share that with everyone and help others not be deceived. Yeah. But I have a feeling that we have to hurry and we have to share this with as many people as we can, as quickly as we can, because I really do think our time is short. I believe that too. Yeah. I'm, you know, you really start to feel this almost like this increase of speed and time. Yes. Have you felt that where it's just like, oh my gosh, I feel like it was just the, I feel like it was just the beginning of January of just 2023. Shift. Yes. Yeah. There's time like this huge so shift. It's crazy. And everybody talks about how like, oh, when you get older, that just happens when you get older. I'm like, no, stuff no. is flying by old people, young people, everybody's identifying with it. And it's crazy. Yes. And God is sending more and more people into our paths to speak with and to minister to and to just to share with and to share the gospel with. And more and more people are curious about it. And more and more people, as they're curious about things like UFOs, they're learning more about the gospel through that and it's kind mm -hmm. of and i know that's got to piss off satan and his cohorts <laughs> oh yeah but sorry you know yeah. thank god that he's given us the tools to share the truth Amen. and and the ability to share it and i am just so grateful that i get to put something like this out there and help people a yeah. get away from it b know they're not alone and c share the truth you know, you don't yeah. have to be a former abductee or a Christian to read this book. Uh, it's going to have something for anyone who wants to read it. I'm not trying to push the book by saying that. I'm just sure. saying, you know, God's put, gave me enough to put in here that's going to help anyone, someone who's curious. But 
if you're curious, you're also going to stumble across a lot of God's word. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that's going to help lead people to a path of salvation and a path of help and a path of love and hope. So, yeah. And I appreciate how you weave the the story of God into your book because the, because that's what it is, right? That's what our reality is. And a lot of people try to separate the real world from these religious fanatics when they don't realize that the real world is God's world. Like, and you can't separate it from that. If you don't like the Bible, fine. If you don't like Buddhism or Hinduism or all these different things, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is that this all really belongs to God. And one of these days, even the rocks are going to cry out. So we have to, we have to step back and say, how does all of this stuff fit? You know, how do these UFOs fit with my Christian worldview? And do I have to scrap my worldview or do I have to scrap the UFOs or do, or, or is there some in between? And I think that whole thing. That in between is where a lot of people aren't willing to look because to cross over aliens with supernatural beings is a hard thing for people to do. Right. When really I'm thinking that's the deception, right? It are is. we really and dealing with aliens or are we dealing with spiritual supernatural entities? Exactly. And that's what people don't want to do. They don't want to give up the fairy tale that these are some celestial beings coming to save everyone and bring happiness and love and joy and good feelings and we're all going to, you know, dance around with, you know, it's just, it's just not, yeah. you know, people don't want to give that up for the, for some solid facts and for mm-hmm. some solid understanding of what and who they are. Um, and that they've been here a long time and they're not from alpha epsilon or whatever planet right. they're saying can, you know, there could be um, tangible, physical, life forms on other planets sure god could could plant some trees anywhere he wants that's but that doesn't have any bearing on us here and on our walk and in our salvation mm. but these entities have been here yeah. among us for a very long time interfering yeah. since the garden of eden and they've mm-hmm. never stopped they've just had different names for them and different ways of describing them and we've you know, he, mankind has said, oh, there are the fairies that live in the fairy mounds or, you know, there are aliens from another planet or there are giants from the caves or they're this or they're that. It doesn't matter what you call them or where you want to say they're from. They're, this, they're, they're still fallen entities. They're still created by God. They are, they've been around much longer than we have and they've been around mm-hmm. since we were created and they are very deceptive, these fallen ones. And, and they have very are, supernatural powers. Absolutely. Right? And they and they can mess with your mind. That's why I wanted They're to get into that much. earlier is how, how they speak to you, how you hear them. Mm-hmm. Because they can and and this is what we get from the Bible is how how they the evil one likes to speak into our into our thoughts. You know, you always get the oh, angel yeah. and the devil on the shoulders, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody calls it a consciousness. Well, at what point does it become somebody else yelling in your consciousness, telling yeah, you to yeah. do something? Exactly. And I think you're making a very good case for the fact that it is possible. And, and several others, others like you, like Ellie Marzulli and several others that have spoken to hundreds and hundreds of people that have had these experiences, they're telling us that they can yell into our mind and tell us what to do, but it sounds yeah. like us. And yeah. if you aren't able to discern those spirits, then you'll 
just fall in line and do those things. And that's the really scary thing that we see as Christians is this talk. It talks about this in the Bible. Yeah. It says discern the spirits because there's a lot of chatter going on in your head and you don't know where it's coming from. So you have to, as Romans says, you have to bind your mind to Christ, right? You have to every thought captive. Yes. Every thought, every single thought and, and categorize it and categorize it. What is this thought? Is this from God? Is this from me? Is this from something else? And it's not as hard as it sounds. I mean, you're thinking Mm -hmm. those thoughts. So as you're thinking them, you think, do I really want to do that? Or because that doesn't feel like something I would do. Why am I thinking Mm -hmm. that? Why am I thinking these negative thoughts about me? Why am I worried about this or that or the other thing, you know, and take those thoughts captive. And I pray for discernment daily often mm. <laughs> you know? yeah. um generally and we forgot we didn't do it because we got so into our conversation i like to pray before we do an interview sure. like this but we'll pray at the end for sure and I'll yes pray for will. all of our brothers and sisters listening in too that they have discernment through this and they can find what they need through this because you know for every person listening i pray that there's something that's helpful to them it's going to be yeah. useful in some way but yeah they there is you know these entities manipulate space time energy matter in ways that we don't understand Mm. they manipulate our bodies our minds they you know we people are out there calling in on ufos and doing this um you know contacts trying to contact them trying to call Mm -hmm. on them trying to summon them for lack of a better word and you might as well just let your kid play with a Ouija board. You might as well sit there and summon <laughs> demons because that's exactly what they are. And that's exactly what you're doing. Some of them are demons. So they're demonic. They're fallen. There's a difference between demons and demonic, but, sure. <clears throat> but it's dangerous because we're, you're dealing with something that's so far advanced from us that we don't understand. And we have no business messing around with these things. And, you know, if, if they're in our space, our number one thing to do is to call on Jesus and have them go away. Mm-hmm. Don't spend any time with them. Don't ask any questions. Don't get curious. Immediately rebuke, call on Jesus, rebuke first, as Ellie says, and ask questions later. Don't sit okay. around and wait to see what's going to happen because you will not be happy with the results. Trust me. I know. <laughs> yeah. Been, been there. So, got the t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, as we're wrapping up and we're getting close to the end of our time here, I just want to say a few things about like how many entities are we talking about? Cause I know I've heard you on other podcasts talk about several different species and I'm going to promote the crap out of your book at the end of this oh, also, just you. so you know, but, and, and I do encourage people to bring up the book, but there just a couple more questions for you before no, we wrap for tonight. Um, how many entities are we talking about here? Are we, or have you had in contact with or experiences with? Cause you, I mean, we can go for days speculating on all of the ones that do exist, sure. but what are the ones that you've had personal contact with? Sure. I'm from very young. There were always the, um, well, the little gray entities that would be the ones that would usually show up to take me. Mm-hmm. Um, they are three to four foot tall. And I think I described them in pretty much in detail earlier. Those entities, I believe, are more of an avatar or a meat suit, if you will. Okay. I believe tissue that is grown like we can do in a lab today. I believe they created these entities 
um, as sort of avatars to be AI robots or to house demonic entities. You know, demons are always looking for something to inhabit. And the feeling I get from these entities when I've been around them, very evil. Mm. Um, they don't have a mouth. They don't have ears. They don't have a you know nose. They don't have any visible organs. Their bodies are so thin. And then I heard a government report that leaked that said that the the bodies that they had um, found didn't have digestive or lymph systems. Well, that makes sense. That mm. fits right into what I have seen and others have seen. I've seen them empty, you know, stacked on the in the um, facilities other people mm-hmm. like whitley streber and others like that have reported seeing them stacked or in drawers or hanging on the ships or in these underground facilities i believe that that's part of the reason why they do the animal and cattle mutilations and some of the mm-hmm. blood and tissue they take from humans and animals is used for that and used for a breeding program which i write about extensively as well um then i've also had contact with a different kind of gray they're taller they have than the grays that come to pick me up they have more expressive faces that have features they have mouths that open they have visible like nostrils they have visible some sort of ear thing but it's flat Mm -hmm. um their eyes move the grays that are like three to four feet their eyes don't move um, they seem just stationary, like screens almost, but the other grays, their eyes move, their their bodies move differently than the other ones just kind of are very stiff mm. and they're more sturdy. Um, so that's, I think that's what those grays, the smaller grays are fashioned after whatever okay. that species is. And then um, I've seen the reptilian type, obviously, mm. especially with my handler being that type his whole life. Sure. Um, the Nordics who look very much like kind of human, but their eyes are much larger, mm. um, and they're tall then, but they look, they look close to human. Like I've seen humans that scare me because something about them, I feel like i've seen nordics here and i haven't ever said that to anyone else but there was someone and i've seen like sometimes i'll see someone on tv and i'll be like i'll call my husband like look 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 i think that's a, i think that's a nordic mm-hmm. i hate to say that but i i think i've seen them in well yeah the- i mean if you if you had that trauma as a child that 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 type of features those features are going to be imprinted in your mind pretty vividly just, yeah it's crazy when i see one or someone who looks like one it freaks me out maybe they're maybe they're hybrids that's mm-hmm. a possibility too but when i see mm-hmm. them i get just the worst feeling um then there are the insect type they're mantis i don't know what to call them insect line mantis maybe they mm-hmm. have the triangular head large eyes on the kind of sides of their heads very mm-hmm. very long arms and legs they're just the creepy things i never saw those up close they were always kind of far away like watching everybody mm-hmm. and when i was in these facilities there were also humans there um and now i don't you know i don't know if there were variations on those and maybe there's a whole bunch of different kinds that are similar looking um mm-hmm. i didn't you know, I can only recount the ones that were close proximity to me 
and that I had any measurable amount of time to really think about and see. So it's not to say there weren't others there, but that's, that's what I remember most clearly. Um, What were the humans like that were there? The the humans, were they military garb or uniforms or? Some were in what looked like military uniforms, but not with the normal insignias and stuff. Like I never saw anyone's name or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But not that I really had a chance to look too closely either. So that doesn't, you know, mean much. Um, Some were in like lab coats, Mm -hmm. like doctors type lab coats or science, sciencey type lab coats. Um, I remember when I was a little kid thinking maybe they were a dentist or a doctor or something like that, you know, because I didn't know. And then um, there were. That you can identify with. That was probably yes, pretty that I easy. Could identify with. And they were humans. Mm-hmm. And then there were some that were in um, these very nondescript, kind of a beige, almost smock type shirts and pants, okay. or some with dresses that were like that too. And they were just very, they weren't form fitted. They weren't. Um, they had no markings, no insignias, nothing special on them, just mm. very loose fitting kind of drab, very mm. drab. Um, like overalls and, or coveralls or, or well, top and shirts, bottom? Shirt and pants or mm. a one piece long, okay. like almost like a dress, but not all the women's wore all the women, women's, <laughs> not all the women wore <laughs> like a dress type thing. Some of them had pants and things. So mm. if they were women if they were human, but they looked human to me. Um, sure. They didn't, no one ever spoke to me that I remember as a human. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if I ever, I think as a child, I remember trying to talk to um, the people, trying to get the attention of the people, especially the military looking ones. But I don't remember. I haven't really thought about that too hard. I'll have to think about that, but I don't remember if any of them ever spoke back Hmm. to me or not i have a feeling i have a memory of um of one of the military guys just looking down at me and i could see that he was really upset Hmm. i can't remember if he said anything to me or not Hmm. um when i was little but um yeah i don't ever have any i don't remember anyone else speaking to me really you know everyone was very separated and I was always with that handler or with these entities when they were doing medical things. Mm-hmm. So when I was little, sometimes I would just kind of be walking around certain areas, but there weren't any, there wasn't anyone that I could get in contact with where I was allowed to roam around because I was allowed to roam a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but yeah, that's pretty much all it's so interesting to think that there's there's these people down there that they and they don't even talk to you. They're just kind of doing their job. They're just kind of like drones, just going about doing their business, right. and no no human interaction. Did they interact with each other at all, or was everything just kind of nobody's really talking to each yeah. other? Well, um, I didn't get to see them working sure. a lot. I mean, what I did see seemed just like normal interactions but i didn't really pay close attention to that but what i will say is they were warned you know they used me i write about this in the book it's very hard to write about but i do warn my readers when they get to that part of the book Mm -hmm. that they utilized me in a way to um warn the people there 
not to talk about these things, not that this is what can happen to your wives, your daughters, your friends, your family, your loved ones. Mm. Um, I don't think the people working there had any idea what they were getting into when they did. I think, sure. you know, it's exciting when you get told, Hey, you're getting promotion. You're going to get some top secret clearance. We're going to put you on a special project. Do you want to do this special project? That's really, you know, but they're not mm -hmm. giving, we can't give any details because it's top secret, but you'll be yeah. read into it once you're in it. Well, once you're in it, you're in it. Then I don't know. Right I mean, I have a feeling some of those people could even have been born there. I think mm -hmm. those people actually live there. And I think some of them could have even been born into it. So, you know, there, I think there's just so much to this that we don't know. And that mm -hmm. has been hidden and deliberately obfuscated like over so many years yeah. that there's just, I think there are entire communities involved with this that don't even have any interaction with the outside world. It would be yeah. too dangerous yeah. to share that. It would just be too dangerous. I couldn't even imagine, you know, you come into a job thinking that you're going to do something good for humanity or science yeah. or whatever your passion is. And then they tell you, they read you in and there's no reading out. No, that's the problem. No. But there are people who agree to do these kinds of things all the time in mm -hmm. jobs that they could get out of, but they do it because they're okay with it. They don't have the kind of conscious or heart or feelings that people like mm -hmm. you have and right. they're okay with it and they're okay with her. You know, look at the child trafficking mm -hmm. networks, look at, you know, oh yeah, there's plenty. There's plenty there's of people so out there that we're finding. Right, I think there's plenty of people who will be willing to take on that mantle and do that job. I really do. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're having a hard time finding that. And and you know, the Bible tells us that the days of the end will be like the days of Noah. Well, what was happening in the days of Noah, aside from the genetic manipulations which we have going on now, mm -hmm. people were doing evil continually and all the time without a second thought. Our society has turned from one where, where you didn't say a bad word in public without, oh, forgive me, you know, to yeah. anything goes, literally mm -hmm. anything goes. And not just in public, but on social media, on TV, on everywhere, you know, yes. everything is now acceptable. And if you don't agree to that, then you are the problem. Right. You know, I'm persecuted for my Christian faith because I don't agree with some things. So mm -hmm. I can't voice those things without jeopardizing my ability to share my message you know yes. and so <laughs> excuse me well this has so, been such a great conversation i'm so glad that you had the time to come on um your book is called stolen seed evil harvest and it is exclusively on lamarzuli.net and your relationship with la is such a cool thing for me to watch um and i'm hoping to get la on this is not a plug for him but i really i would really sure. love to talk with him and uh he's just such a fascinating guy to me oh all of the things that he's been through and all the things he's done but uh yeah, as, as far as your anyone i know in this field and just um Excuse me, my allergies are so bad. I'm so sorry. I'm no, speaking like crazy. Um, I will be with LA in Lubbock, Texas. Um, and with LA and Peggy and my husband and I will be there January 26th through the 28th at the Fellowship Church in Lubbock. Um, and I'll be there to sign books and talk to people and share with awesome. people and just be a support system. Yeah, for that. So yeah, if we if have any listeners in, the in that area. area you can go to LA's website and find a link to that. It's free. You just go to the link and it'll link you to the church and you register so they know you're coming. Mm -hmm. And 
we'll be there and we'll be there to talk with people and meet people and stuff. So if Lubbock is within your, you know, it's about five or six hours for me, but that's fine. You know, that's not too yeah. far. Um, but yeah, January 26th to 28th, that's the first event for me this year. And then I'll be at prophecy watchers conference in end of February, beginning of March in Orlando as well, I believe. So, awesome. um, yeah, so there's, a lot of things speaking of LA that you reminded me of that yeah. when you said that coming up. So there's a lot of fun, fun stuff coming up. We'll be all over the place this year. Um, I'm glad you got to mention, well, I definitely want the, uh, yeah, I definitely want the audience to uh, get your book and uh, start listening to LA's message. Cause this stuff is coming. Your book is such a, a powerful message that, Thank that you. there is something going on. And this is what right. I keep shouting from the rooftops on this podcast is, there's something going on and we need to start asking questions. And, yes. and if you, before, before we sign off, I know you're going to pray, but we need to start asking questions. And what's going to happen is all those questions are going to lead you down this really dark path. And you're going to see a lot of darkness that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. Don't write it off. You have to look at the darkness to understand the human depravity so that you can understand why your salvation is so important, why oh, Jesus had to come. Yes. There's so many people that don't want to look at the darkness. They don't yes. want to look at it. And and my thought is, is it's everywhere. Like you just got done saying it's everywhere. There's darkness yes. everywhere, but people just want to put their head down in their phone or watch TV. And I'm guilty of this. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is we need to focus so clearly right now on what's going on around us, because if we are not if we're not paying attention, something's going to happen and we're not going to be ready. That's something's right. going to happen like a thief in the night and there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it. And I don't want anybody to be on the other end of that. So look at the darkness, look at it, look it in the eye, understand who it is. Look Satan in his face and say, listen, this isn't for me. I'm making a choice to go this way. Amen. Amen. Say the name of Jesus and everything will flee and put on your hedge of protection. We talked, yes. we did a whole episode on how to do that, how to put on your yes. hedge of protection, all of that stuff. Do it. Speak those yes. things over your life because guys, it, it, he's coming for you. He is. Okay. Sooner he's than we for think. You. I really think it's going to be sooner than anyone thinks. I don't think mm -hmm. we have much time. And I'm not somebody who's ever said that before. I've mm -hmm. never been one of those people that got on that bandwagon, but I mm -hmm. feel different. I yes. feel different. I feel the difference. And um, have and I know you've had Vicki Joy Anderson. Have yes, you had and her? we're going to have she her again like, coming up soon. She is my sister in Christ. We are very close. Um, She's my good friend. And for anyone who, um, I highly recommend her book as well, because yes. as far as protections and prayers and dealing with, you know, these dark things, you know, her book and my book go great together. She's mm -hmm. amazing. She is so smart she and really she is. is so helpful. And if you go to her website, VickiJoyAnderson.com, I highly recommend that. Anyone who has any questions, and especially after yeah. the things we've talked about today, if it feels dark, if you feel like you're fighting something and you don't know how to deal with it, go to her website. I really mm -hmm. cannot recommend it enough. She is yes. amazing. And um, yeah, I just absolutely adore her. 
God has blessed her and anointed her so strongly. Yes. She, um, she's really great. And fun fact, she was our first episode that we ever did what? on this podcast. With oh, an, my gosh. Uh, not, not first episode, our first interview, I should have said. Okay. Our first interview, and it was such a great what interview. A we talked. It was oh, so fun. And she, and she, for those of you that enjoyed that episode, she's coming back. She's going to be with us again uh, coming good. up, and, and we'll be announcing that and uh, giving those dates out as well. So, Oh, good. She's wonderful. Yes, you definitely I, – I will be listening to that one, absolutely. And um, you can find her book where you can find my book at lamarzuli.net. And my website is my name, KarenWilkinsonAuthor.com, and I will give you all this for the show notes. If mm-hmm. you want to contact me, you can contact me that way. That's the best way to contact me because that will come to my email inbox, and then I will have time to go and look at it, and I will get back to you. It's not always right away. It does take mm-hmm. me time to get through emails and I have and through all of my um, responsibilities, but I do – I will absolutely – get back with you in some form or fashion, if that's what you ask. Um, So you can reach me that way. You can find me through LA's website. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, um, just under my name and links to those will also be on my website as well. And um, yeah. And you can find Vicky's book as well, where you can find mine on LA Marzulli's website. And, and uh, if you have any questions for me, please do not hesitate. Like I said, to reach out, ask questions, social media, websites, wherever you can find me. I will absolutely do my best to answer your questions to get back to you. You're so, so gracious. And we appreciate all that you've, all that you've done, all that you've said. And, uh, you know, we are just humble podcasters trying to get everybody else's message out there. I'm promoting everybody else. I don't really care about me. I just want people to hear these messages because I think it's so important. Well, and, you are uh, such a blessing. And thank you so much because your messages are so important and I love your podcast and I love everything you're doing. Thank you. And all glory to God, because, you know, I just, I just want to share his message. I just want to Amen. bear good fruit and do good works and that it be pleasing in his sight. And that's, yes. that's all I want. Well, if you wouldn't mind praying for us as we lead out. Yes. Heavenly father, we thank you. And we praise you for this opportunity today to, learn to teach to fellowship to be together we pray that if any doors are open today they will be closed in jesus name we Mm -hmm. pray that you will protect us and all of our friends in jesus name we pray a hedge of protection around us and everyone listening today anytime they're listening and wherever they're listening from that you will protect them and be with them and guide them and help them in any way that they need lord we pray that you will be with them and your spirit will reach out to those who don't know you and you will speak to their hearts and their minds and their hearts and their minds will be open and receptive to you heavenly father we thank you for your gracious and tender love in jesus name we pray amen amen let it be thank you so much we appreciate you coming on and i and i just appreciate your your rawness and i want to say before i before i sign off Kristen. I know you're going to listen to this. I miss yeah. you and I wish you were here. Uh, we're, we're so, I couldn't do this podcast without Kristen. I'll tell you that right now. She is the heartbeat of this thing. So well, Kristen, you're so blessed. I'm so sad that I missed you, but I will come back just so that I get to meet you. And just we for talk that. Further, Cause there's so much we didn't even discuss. So I'm we not even coming to-, to the next one. It's just going to be oh, you and no. her. It's going to be a girl's night. It'll be girls' night. We'll never. It'll be like a three-hour show. That's not. Hey, that might I'm be good dangerous. With that. Okay. <laughs>
Thank you. All right, Karen Wilkinson, that is a wrap. We're so thankful for you and all of you out there in fringy land. Do your best to stay motivated, to stay fringy. Do your own research. Listen to God. And by all means, could you please love somebody today? All right. We'll talk to you guys on the next one. Thank you. Mm